Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome, history friends, patrons all, to something a little bit different. American History Tellers is a podcast by those folks at Wondery. There's an awful lot of money that has been pumped into it and is a very well-produced show and you should definitely check it out. More to the point, at the moment they are looking at the Revolutionary Period and they are starting in 1754, that is just before the Seven Years' War or the French and Indian Wars broke out. As we all know, of course, without the French and Indian Wars the American Revolution may not have happened because of all the debt that was brought down from that conflict and then the British were like, you have to pay this debt and the Americans were like, time for revolution. I'm simplifying it a bit but Wondery certainly will not. The American colonies in the course of that conflict were thrown into a global power struggle between Britain and France and of course it was a very interesting and really very interconnected story. We've looked at it before in previous episodes so do check those out. But you should also check out Wondery's take on it. They're going to go from several different perspectives. From the perspective of a slave, from a woman, a Native American, a common shoemaker, and a British aristocrat. And each new angle will give you an idea, a better picture on the period of America's founding. What it meant then and what it means now. The first episode will go behind the scenes for a special look at one of America's most famous icons, George Washington. I mean, he has like a state and a city and a few other places named after him. Many more places besides, I'm sure. Sometimes there's more to the story than you think. Here is a preview of the first episode of the Revolution series of American History Tellers. While you're listening to this, go and subscribe to American History Tellers and Apple Podcasts to hear the rest of this episode and more. Enjoy it, guys. And I'll see you all soon. Imagine it's May of 1754. It's the middle of the night. You're walking along a wooded hillside somewhere in western Pennsylvania. It's pitch black, but you can hear the group of men you've been marching with for the last few days. It's so dark that some of them have walked into trees. Up ahead, you can just make out your group's leader, a tall, young man. You've been ordered to keep as quiet as possible, so you whisper to the man on your right. Do you think he knows what he's doing? I don't know. He seems so young. Awfully young to be leading an expedition. I hear he's hankering after a commission in the Royal Army. Well, he's smart, I'll say that. A little too full of beans, if you ask me. What brings you here? They promised me a parcel of land if I joined up. You end the conversation there, 
hoping you didn't make too much noise. You're a blacksmith from Fredericksburg, but the thought of having somewhere for you and your family to build a new home, maybe start a farm, was enough to get you to put down your tools and pick up your old hunting musket. Exactly what you and more than a hundred other men from the local militia are going to do hasn't really been clearly explained to you, except that you're going to deliver a warning to the French. Alongside the militia, you march with a dozen Mingos, Iroquois Indians who have migrated from their traditional territory in New York through Ohio country to the west. They are dressed only in leather leggings and breechcloths and have streaked their bodies and faces with stripes of paint. Their leader is a man named Tanik Harrison. Your British commanders call him the Half-King, but after hours of marching in the dark, you realize the Iroquois are gone. The sky is just starting to lighten, and you finally come to the top of a ridge. Get into firing positions! Down in the gorge below, you can see about three dozen French and Canadian soldiers sleeping. Suddenly, a movement on the other side of the valley catches your eye. It's the Mingos. You have the French surrounded. A shot rings out, and someone hollers, Fire! You aim your musket. Your first shot misses. It takes a full minute for you to reload. You fire again and shoot one of the French soldiers right in the chest, a man you've never met. You watch as he falls to the ground. It only takes a few minutes, then it's all over. You scramble down the steep bank into the ravine, your heart pounding. At least ten of the French soldiers are dead. Your tall young leader is excited, acting like he has won some great victory. But you feel sick. It seems to you more like a massacre. You see the half-king walk up to one of the wounded Frenchmen, their leader, a man named Jumville. The half-king barks at him in French. Tu n'es pas encore mort, mon Pierre. You aren't dead yet, father. Then he raises his tomahawk and brings it down on the man's head, splitting it open. He plunges his hands into the man's brains and scrubs his hands with them. You go white with shock. So does the young man leading your expedition. This was not part of his orders. You can't know it now. But the 15 minutes of violence you just participated in will have major unintended consequences for you, for the world, and for the young man leading your militia. His name is George Washington. From Wondery, I'm Lindsey Graham, and this is American History Tellers. Our history, your story. On our show, we'll take you to the events, the times, and the people that shaped America and Americans, our values, our struggles, and our dreams. We'll put you in the shoes of everyday citizens as history was being made, and we'll show you how these events affected them, their families, and affects you today. By 1754, the British had developed 13 colonies along the eastern seaboard of the American continent. Meanwhile, the French had quietly colonized a strip down the center, with a line of settlements along the Mississippi River, from Le Detroit, or Detroit, all the way down to Baton Rouge and the Gulf of Mexico. Things were relatively calm, as long as the two European empires kept to their respective regions. But in the mid-1750s, the French pushed eastward, into a place called the Forks of the Ohio, which was clearly within the English colony of Pennsylvania. The British leaders in London were outraged when they learned of this. Robert Dinwiddie, the Scottish-born lieutenant governor of Virginia, took the lead in dealing with the threat. 
That was when Washington, tall young man from Virginia, with a gleam in his eye like he had something to prove, volunteered to lead an expedition. Exactly what happened in that Pennsylvania gorge is subject to some debate. Some accounts say that it was George Washington's men who opened fire, others that the French started the fight. What is certain is that what should have been a peaceful mission left nearly a dozen men dead, but its consequences went far beyond that. Washington's blunder set the stage for a much larger conflict, and ultimately a revolution. Over the next six episodes, we'll dive into the Revolutionary War period from the perspectives of a slave, a woman, a Native American, a common shoemaker, and a British aristocrat. Each will give a new angle on the period of America's founding, what it meant then, and what it means now. This series was written by best-selling author Russell Shorto and follows the six lives he focused on in his award-winning book, Revolution Song. In this episode, we'll start with a familiar life. George Washington was surely the most famous American of the era, maybe of any era, but he wasn't always an icon. If you strip away the glorifying imagery and the myth-making, we find he was a man, bristling with ambition, but beset with doubts, and capable of making colossal blunders. This is Episode 1, The Virginia Planter. There's a famous painting of the American Revolution that shows George Washington standing majestically at the front of a boat as others paddle it furiously through ice-choked waters. It's called Washington Crossing the Delaware, and it depicts one of the most iconic moments of the Revolutionary War. But, as often seems to be the case with iconic images, there are some problems with the painting. First, one of the soldiers is holding up an American flag, and that couldn't have happened, because the flag didn't yet exist. Also, the light is wrong. If it were to be historically accurate, the painting would probably have to be so dark you couldn't make out the figures. Another inaccuracy is, in the painting, the boat is filled with not just soldiers, as would have been the case, but with an unusually diverse group of people. There's at least one woman, and there are people who seem to represent a variety of ethnic backgrounds, including a man of African origin. While this diversity may not fit with the reality of Washington's crossing, it does make an accurate, important, and often overlooked point about the period of the Revolution. Traditional accounts of the war tend to focus on the men in the powdered wigs who wielded officers' swords and quill pens, the white, relatively privileged men who wrote our founding documents. But America in the 1750s was more than that. In fact, America was quite a diverse place from the very beginning, rich and poor, slave and free. People spoke different languages and practiced a variety of faiths. That diversity mattered. And it gets to how we think about America today and its founding. We all know the revolution was about freedom. But whose freedom? And where did that idea even come from? This was just a preview of the first episode of the six-part revolution series on American history tellers. Subscribe now to American History Tellers on Apple Podcasts to hear the rest of this episode and more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.